your hair is still looking just illustrious, my man. Yeah, how do you Thank do Thank you. Uh, it's uh, good jeans, I guess, and going to a good barber shop. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, fi- I finally found the barber that cuts my hair the way that I want it after 35 years. Right. All right, yeah. so I'm going to take my so hair. Hey, wait, 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 wait. I used to cut your hair. Yeah. Yep. What the hell? <laughs> Hey, it was a very good, it was a very good, it was a very, very good free haircut. And this is how the belligerent beefs comes to an end. Welcome to the 32nd and last episode of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> JP and I both recently got faded, uh, but we're both our heads are kind of covered by our uh, headphones and hats. So, Benny, I'm going to take my headphones off. JP is going to take his crispy, clean Portland Pickles hat off. Ooh, it is and a for, crispy for, hat. For 10 seconds, I'd like you to compliment our, our new haircut. Do you think you can do that? Yep. Wow, they look so good. Terry, yours is faded so well. And JP, yours is faded just as well. It looks amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All of our short hair is so cool. (laughs) So as I've slowly required less and less hair cutting, given that I just buzz it, now I take up the time of my my appointments at the barber by doing a beard trim. Ooh, always, always yeah. a nice beard way to trim. Go. Beard trims are clutch. Yeah. As if we're throwing compliments out, I have to say, JP, your beard game has been on point for a while now. Thank you. It <laughs> yes. was a pandemic beard that just evolved into a permanent beard, kind of like this pandemic into a permanent pandemic. Yeah, I tried doing that with like my hair, letting it grow out, but then I just looked I like. Remember? <laughs> yeah. So I sent my sister the picture of us with Alexis Cerna being like, "Oh, isn't this cool?" And my sister's like you look like garth from wayne's world and then i <laughs> and then i cut my hair you kind of do <laughs> uh is there anyone else's beard game you want to shout out before it gets yeah started or just your like- your beard game is very very good as oh, always oh 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 me oh yeah it is. oh okay yeah Great. Oh, okay okay that's not necessarily what i was suggesting but thank you yeah okay. Who are you I, suggesting? I don't know. Yeah, I was actually curious about that. I, I, it's it's not important. It's not important. <laughs> what is important is that we are here for a 30-second uh, episode of the Belligerent Peace podcast. Welcome to another episode, another off-season, or I guess football off-season episode, but we have lots of Beaver stuff to talk about. Thank God uh, there's still some, you know college uh, athletics postponements happening but a lot of stuff happened thankfully in since the last time the last seven days that we recorded uh so i'm really excited to get into it but i first have to congratulate the both of you on yesterday's uh footballing happenings the san francisco 49ers rekindling that old 90s playoff rivalry that we all grew up on and beat the cowboys in big d which means your team is moving on. Congratulations to both of you. I think you're both very happy. And very. what's more, more significant, the most significant, is it means you are playing the Green Bay Packers next week, which means I vault to being the biggest Niner fan on the podcast for at least a whole week. <laughs> I've always loved the Niners. I talk about this constantly. So I'm very happy for you guys. Uh, Thank that you. was a hell of wild, wild ending. Uh, you know, 
running the ball with eight seconds left uh, with zero timeouts is certainly a decision and one that I'm not sure will help Kellen Moore in his head coaching interviews. But <laughs> I don't know. So what what was your guys' uh, game day experiences like for, for the Niners yesterday? And uh, how are you feeling headed in to a uh, much anticipated matchup at Lambeau Field next week? Uh, with the uh, against the worst organization on uh, planet Earth. <laughs> it was obviously a nervy game watching it yesterday. It was one that I thought, and this I, I should have known better because of how my teams usually fare, but I thought it was going to be a, a a blowout after the the first full series. So like after San Francisco had gone on defense for the first time, it, both sides of the ball looked so good. And then... I know a lot of San Francisco fans were pointing at Shanahan just having trouble closing teams out in the playoffs. And I think that there's some to that, but like, I think that I I think the Niners just thought that they were going to blow Dallas out too, and sort of left, let their foot off uh, the pedal a little bit. So um, don't think that that happens at green Bay. I think you get uh, the full attention of the whole team for all 60 minutes. But but yeah, that was it was an exciting game for sure. For the people that didn't have a, a, a horse in the race, um, I would imagine it was it was a great game to watch. Yeah, it was definitely nerve wracking for sure. I think my kid heard me say swear words that uh, he's never heard before. But uh, <laughs> and he'd ask me if that was that a swear word. <laughs> it was. It was a, a roller nope. coaster of emotions because, uh, like Benny was saying, that first drive they took like seven minutes off, like five minutes off the clock or something, and just marched downfield. And then the defense came out and just looked like they were just swarming Dak, and they had no running game. So I'm like, this is great. We're definitely coasting through this game. Unbelievable. And like in total Niners fashion, though, it was like something was going wrong in the second half. Clearly, we know now that uh, Jimmy G has a sprained shoulder on top of his broken thumb and torn thumb ligament. So uh, that could ex- that could explain why uh, his accuracy was so bad in the second half. But his poor accuracy saved the game because his bad throw to George Kittle that was eventually fumbled, yet after <laughs> the fact ruled as an incomplete pass, is the only reason we won that game. So... Shout out to Jimmy G and his bad shoulder and bad thumb. How many passes does he attempt next week? Depends on the weather. Depends on the weather. I feel cool. like he'd still be, it'll be like uh, the, the during the Super Bowl run when he had like, what, eight passes or something that won NFC Championship game. Jesus. But it'll be a run-heavy game regardless. But I think they'll still have to try to stretch the field a little bit. But they're going to just get the ball in Mitchell and Debo's hands. All game. And they'll probably do some end rounds with Kittle as well just to make sure that the playmakers still have the ball. But Terry, there was a moment in my brain after the game where I looked at flights to have you join me to go. Dude, <laughs> come on, I'm, I'm in. The Lambo. Let's do it. How I expensive like, are tickets? Oh, I, don't, I just, I just couldn't even fathom it. I was like, no. I looked for like a half a second. It's I was not like, an, it's not an easy city to get to. No, and it's also not an easy Wait. ticket to get. Is no, that's so going to the game would be really expensive. Whatever check lights to Minneapolis right now, I'll pick you up. You won't even have to spend a second in Minneapolis. We'll drive straight to Green Bay. <laughs> and then we'll just figure it out. If there's a great bar across the street from Lambo, we'll just watch the game there. That's that that's worth flying across the country for, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> from your wife and kids. Yeah, sounds sounds like a great idea. I mean, I could technically just do a one nighter too because it's a five o'clock 
Well, five o'clock Pacific. Five, it's yeah. five o'clock on, or it, so it'd be the seven p.m. local time game on Saturday night, right? My nonstop round trip <laughs> would, ah, oh, damn it! It would only, it would only be a hundred and fifty-eight dollars. Let's do it! What? Let's do it! <laughs> How expensive uh, are tickets to the game? Yeah, tickets are going to be two hundred a pop, like starting probably. Dude, that's what I feel like. That's what I. That's what it is in like regular season. Niners for yeah. a regular season. Yeah, there's three hundred. Oh, game. it's probably it, yeah. It's probably even more. It's probably even more. It, it's got to be way more. I, I don't know. Lambo in a while, but this scene is like a. Re- oh wait, this is the wrong day. This is the wrong. Day. <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't think that Minneapolis would have like a huge spike in their price because a Niner fan from Portland wants to go to Minneapolis and then drive up to Green Bay for the game. Right. I bet they're similar priced. No, but it's because. Uh, yeah, it's three hundred forty dollars round trip. I mean, yeah. I can still swing that, but it's not to go just to go stand at a bar in in four no, degree weather. We'll we'll find a way to get in the stadium. It's, it's gonna be cold. four degrees during or less at kickoff. Uh, that's four more degrees oh. than the Winter Classic a couple weeks ago, and I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. I'll watch from my like the warmth of my home. Have a nice fire going, Benny. If you want to roll down, you can come on, hang. Terry, you I can might, fly out if you want. It's only three hundred and actually, it's only one hundred seventy dollars. <laughs> yeah, I might, I might check that out because we were gonna go. Well, although now it would, um, it would, it would overlap with Andre Day. It would. So unfortunately, I have to bow out of Andre mm. Day because I have a football game to watch. <laughs> this, this music festival that we were totally going to go to and had plans <laughs> all ironed out and taken care of. Uh, yeah, it looks like Andre Day's um, not going to to take place. Uh, I'll 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 see. I don't know. Hey, one last note about the game. Shout out to Fred Warner. I thought he was like going to be questionable to start next season after he went down in the fourth quarter, let alone be back for the game against Green Bay. Shout out Fred Warner. But also for football, it's just so weird because like Bosa's injury looked really bad, but it looked like it it looked like his his career was over. Yeah. 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 But then it was like, oh, he's a concussion. It's just a concussion. But he was on the ground. You look at him in the replay. Now that you know it's a concussion and you like watch his face, his head has to feel like it's about to explode. In football, they're just like, he's in concussion protocol. He might be, he's questionable for next week. Like, I would think I would be out for a month if I had that kind of injury. I don't know if it's just a concussion either, because they kept on saying, they referred to it as a head injury for the longest time yesterday. And usually if it's a concussion, they just say it's a concussion. But yeah, I mean, like, I've had a concussion that I know of once, and it was awful. It was the yeah, worst. Like, I and bet. these players are going back ne- the next week. It's so nuts. They're just like, yeah, being like, ah, oh, all right. It's been, it's been six days since I had a, a brain bruise. <laughs> Let's get after it. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, insane. and that's why I don't play football. <laughs> that's that's just that's the it. reason. That's the only reason. That's why. The only reason. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd be lined up opposite Champ Flemings and uh, and towering over him. As yeah, we know that Champ Flemings is five foot four on this. Podcast. Taller, I'm taller than Champ. <laughs> Listeners, I'm taller than Champ. <laughs> All three of us are taller than Champ, but we don't have none of us have game like Champ. Uh, unfortunately, not even close. All right. Um. All right. Well, uh, JP, let's. Uh, it looks like you're sipping on a frosty, cool, delicious-looking beverage over there in North Portland. I am the heaven on earth, Alberta Arts District. I'm trying to figure out what batch of this beer it is. So I'll read about it. 
It's from uh, Second Sin Brewing. Okay, that sounds and cool. it's called Home Field Advantage, but PH Field. Okay, it's a double dry hopped Northeast IPA brewed with citrus and centennial hops. Notes of peach, mango, and pine make for a beer that's perfect for drinking while watching our team start their next championship season. So I'm just kind of like feeling this champion vibe. Something, something is going down. There was some home field advantage this afternoon. There was. At the legendary Gill Coliseum. Hell yeah. And so I just had to crack this one. You sure did. It's great. And of course it's an IPA. I just, it's, but it's my not, brand. It's, it's just one IPA. It's not a double IPA. Oh no, it's a it's a double dry hopped Northeast IPA. So <laughs> it's, I mean, could you? If there's I double a, in the. If, the if there title. is a gun to your head to define what a dry hopped beer meant, would you be able to successfully do it and accurately? Uh, yeah, something about the hops being dry and they double them. <laughs> <laughs> we really should start getting like brewers on this podcast, like just for like quick talks. <laughs> just to can you explain some, to some, me? <laughs> just to shed some light on what we're talking about. Um, I love it. Um, anyway, so and you're you're a fan. You're a fan of the home field advantage, JP. I am a fan. I'm definitely a fan. It's really good. It's you know pretty standard Northeast IPA, but it's really good. Right. And, and- I think all IPAs are good. All IPAs most, are most good. most IPAs. Right. I've had some bad ones. And even when even when they're bad, it's still like I mean, I'm it's not good, but I'm gonna finish this. Yeah, that's kind of our ex- unless it's uh, two in the morning and I've had several, and you hand me another one in the basement of your house, <laughs> and I still need to walk back to my Airbnb. And that was a very very good double IPA, but uh, so good, just wasn't the right time for it. But I still thank you for that. Um, <laughs> excellent. Well, especially uh, with some foam field advantage, the women's basketball team won today, which I believe you're referring to. And uh, yeah, we're now just uh, we're weeks away from the Oregon State baseball and softball team starting. So uh, spring sports uh, will be kicking off. It's crazy. And, so uh, nuts. The, the, we'll be talking about this more later, too. But the, the gymnastics team came away with a big win at right. Gil, legendary Gill Coliseum the other night as well so very topical timely tasteful selection tonight jp very good thanks i tried oh and when i I, uh kicked it off to you benny got up and left and like went and got something i don't know that you went and got a beer benny you maybe went and got an edible or maybe you just left for another (laughs) for wings (laughs) Are are you eating wings on the podcast again Nah, I'm eating a combination of cashews and dried cherries. They're very good. <laughs> right here. Will you at least mute yourself when you're eating this time? Those are like cough drops. Do you do you know how to mute yourself on Zoom? That looks like a cough drop bag. They're tart dried cherries. Oh, uh, yeah, I know how to mute myself. I'm not 60 plus. You're not. <laughs> Are you inferring that are we about is this another ageist Benny rant? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyone over 60, put your earmuffs on. Right. Uh, so, yeah. so did you pop an edible? Did you grab a beer? Did you do anything? Or are you just uh sober as a judge with us tonight? Nah, I um I actually uh so I'm going to Hawaii in exactly a month from today. And so I have a tendency to eat everything but the kitchen sink uh when i take an edible uh late at night so i i came up with a new rule so i can get my beach bod ready uh that i won't take an edible after five o'clock so i i took one 
At four forty-five. It was like it was like four thirty, <laughs> and then I hopped on the Peloton and did a thirty-minute Spice Girls ride. Which Dude, I've done that. That ride is awesome. Sweet. That ride's it's so, so fun. good. It's you so did good. sneak a ride in today. Well yeah. done. Good That's job. why I was late. I was just hopping in the shower. Um, but the edible was from Journeyman called the Sour Jellies. They come in watermelon, green apple, also known as grapple, uh, yeah. and raspberry, also known as rasmarberry. Rasmarberry. Uh, <laughs> I and, see. And I know I say this every time, but these truly are the best. So uh, <laughs> there is like both Yuri and I looked at each other after we had it and we we're like, they need to make these without any THC in them so we can just eat them normally. Again, They're very good. We talked about this last week. They're, that's just called candy. <laughs> yeah but these are like really good candies all right well anyway yeah. i i appreciate the info and definitely appreciate you sneaking in a spice girls peloton ride jp please play five seconds of wannabe by the spice girls iconic <laughs> banger I fucking love the Spice Girls. I loved the Spice Girls as a kid. I love the Spice Girls now. I love the movie Spice World. I think it's great. I think it's yep. underrated. I think Posh Spice and David Beckham are probably a top five uh, celebrity couple. Power couple. Have, excuse me. Easy, power couple. Easily. Power, power. They went from power, celebrity to power. power. Yeah. If they could just mm-hmm. be in charge of the world, I think I'd feel okay with it. I, too, would also have a neck tat that looks like a mullet. <laughs> he can yeah. pull it off, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got so excited for a second. I was like, oh. You love get David that. Beckham. I do love David Beckham and I love uh Victoria Beckham too. Yeah. They're they are a power couple. Please adopt us. <laughs> yeah. David and Victoria Beckham. We're in our mid thirties. We're like we're we're fun. We're a good hang, I think. Yeah. We make we yeah. make this podcast that a few people listen to and it's uh it's 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 kind of cool. We could yeah. hook you up with a spot. Yeah, on it. <laughs> Come on the pod, David Beckham. I think you could really <laughs> use the publicity. Yeah. Um. That's that's uh that's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Benny. Hawaii in one month. Where in Hawaii are you guys going? Uh, just to the west of Honolulu, called Koalina. Is that that on Oahu? It's on Oahu. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're balling and staying at the Four Seasons. There you go. Yeah, yeah, you are. Dude, Hawaii. Got the wedding Feb- block, right? Hawaii in February is just perfect. Yeah. Do they have Pelotons at that Four Seasons? They do. Yeah, there you go. That's what <laughs> you <guys> do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that a, like the the Four Seasons advertise that they have Pelotons? No, but there's like a uh, there's like a website you can actually look. It's like um, oh, there is, look. and they have it listed on their website too. But it's the only it was it was the only place that that. Uh, and I don't know the bride or the groom, but it was the only place that they set up a wedding block, which seems like we're going to be the poorest people at the wedding, if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you, so these are Yuri's friends, Yuri's family? Yeah, it's uh, one of Yuri's uh, old co-workers. They work together up in Seattle. Nice. But he, he's from Honolulu. Oh, dope. Yeah. So you're going to this wedding with Yuri. You don't know anybody. I, yeah, I only know Yuri. Is it on the beach? Uh, it is. Yeah. Have you done a social occasion like this since COVID? Like a wedding? Like a wedding where you like a big wedding at a venue like this where you just don't know anybody? No, I haven't even done a small wedding or like a medium sized <laughs> wedding. This will be the first Dude, wedding. I love a wedding where I don't know like most people. 
It's yeah. so fun. Yeah, or it's either good or bad. If you if it's a wedding where you don't know anyone, you're like, this is gonna be great. I can do whatever I want. But then after a while, you, there's like a there's like a tipping point where you're like, I could just go home because I don't want to be and here. No anymore. one would notice. No yeah. one would know. Like yeah. I'm over this. You could just leave, which is also great. But I'm just saying, it's not like the fun aspect of being like, no right. one knows me. I could go crazy. I it's know. like. I'm just sick of this. I'm going home and no one will care. So you, you <laughs> yeah. have the chance to be the really charming, like, surprise guest. And if it doesn't yeah. work out, you can just leave and nobody. Terry, how many weddings have you gone to hoping that you became the charming surprise guest at? <laughs> this how is the one I'm going tonight. I can see Terry, Terry buttoning up his, like, suit shirt and being like, tonight's the night. Tonight is the time that I become Not the even. charming surprise guest at the wedding. He's <laughs> up. He's like, "Yep, it's gonna happen." How revealing is it that the hope no longer is like, "Oh, I might meet my future wife," and this would be like the beginning of our love story. The <laughs> hope now is just like, I just hope the random uncles think I'm fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's. What readapting uh, expectations in your mid thirties is like, kids? <laughs> know your strengths. No, I am an awesome wedding guest, so I would say, JP, to answer your question, the number of weddings I've gone to where I hoped for that has been several. The number of weddings <laughs> where I've gone to where that's actually happened is probably less than several. Uh, Boo! I, that's I, not I true. <laughs> You're always a charming wedding guest. Thank you, Benny. At least to the ones that I'm invited to. Did we talk about the wedding that Benny and I crashed? Was that an early episode? No, we haven't talked about that. Talked about that. This is an Oregon State tie. Hopefully, no listeners are listening that were in attendance at this wedding. But uh, I'd be so happy if they were. Holy, yeah, shit, I'd be so happy if they were. So what happened was we had just graduated from OSU and it was summertime. It was our summer of. A, a million regrets, I would say. Uh, and or, no responsibility. And no you responsibility. Guys, you guys were so obnoxious that summer. I yeah. almost stopped being friends with you. And <laughs> yeah. that's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. But you definitely pushed the limit of like what a person should be like after they graduate college. But we were still in Corvallis. We were just hanging out, like looking for work in Portland or working in Corvallis. And <laughs> we got word that there was a wedding happening at the MU Quad. <laughs> and... That uh, if you have a wedding at the MU Quad, you're asking for college kids to crash it. But it was in the middle right. of the summer. It was like it was still, still. There's it's a school now. It's a thirty-five thousand student school. Back then, it was like a twenty to twenty-five thousand student school. Like there's enough around, and it's the middle of the summer, so they're bored and looking to create a fucking memory in Corvallis in July when it's just perfect out. Well, we were the only one with this idea for this particular wedding. Yeah, so we show, so we were like, let's do it. We're going to crash the wedding. I've never crashed a wedding. We actually got, like, dressed up. We did it all. We put on all the right attire. One of the things that was like, what is – this is crazy because the wedding was officiated by AC Green. And, and Craig right. Robinson was going to be in attendance as well. Yep. <laughs> so we were like, this is going to be amazing. So – we show up and we kind of creep in from like what was the parking lot of the MU, right? Now it's the Student Experience Center or whatever. So we creep around that corner and we start walking t- towards the middle of the quad. And we're like, no one's saying anything. They're like dancing and partying. The tent is up, you know, and we go up to there's like a, a little bar kind of by the, the, the foot of the stairs leading up to the main entrance of the MU. And we're like, let's just get a drink. 
and we get a drink and like immediately somebody comes out to us and he's like, cheers. And I was like, oh no, this guy's totally feeling us out. And I'm like, cheers, man. He's like, it's a great day, great wedding. And we keep talking to this guy and he's like, I went to Oregon State and I was like a, one of the best like like laser dentists in the Northwest. Like he invented some like practice where they use like laser cleaning or something. Anyways, we found out after the fact that we were talking to the uh, the uh, father of the bride, mm-hmm. <laughs> drinking beers with the father of the bride, and uh, we pulled it all off. We were chatting up with everybody, getting a bunch of free McMinimins beer, and and they're like, "Let's go to the Peacock." So we go to the Peacock with them. We like walked to the Peacock with the whole wedding well, party. And Some at of them at drove. that point, you're no longer crashing. You're going to a public bar with them. right. Right, but it was also the summertime, and if you've been to the Peacock in the summertime, it's hit or miss. Uh, if it's sure. going to be busier and fun, or it's just going to be a big group of people who all go together. This right. night was just a big group of people who all went together from the wedding, and we were there. And Benny knew you knew somebody that was there. Something. Yeah, what was I it? knew. I knew one of the guests, and I'm forgetting how I knew her. I can I can picture her face, but I I don't even remember what her name was. So, but so I did know her. Sure, knew you guys were crashing the wedding. No, 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 because these are also Oregon State students that were like we could have maybe known too. So then they mm-hmm. were at the high tables at the Peacock at the top of the cock, and like one of us, Benny, or I was like. The craziest part is that we don't know the bride or groom. We crashed the wedding. And literally, it was like you could hear the music turned down. They were like, what? You don't know the bride or groom? We're like, no. We thought it was so hilarious. And they all just like, the bar stools were just like, they all stood up and just walked out. They just left us. And it it ended up being Benny and I in like our suits alone at the Peacock in the middle of summer. We were like, damn it, we really messed that up. We were not supposed I to tell people. I haven't heard that part of the story before. Yeah, it was – everyone looked at us like, dude, screw you guys. <laughs> we were definitely public enemy number one after that. It was super weird because people were like, we were the charming wedding guests of that yeah. wedding before. Yeah. Well, you were, you were the charming wedding attendees. You weren't the charming wedding guests. <laughs> <laughs> you're not really a guest if you're not invited. That's <laughs> like a scene out of I Think You Should Leave, Benny. It is like a scene out of I think you should leave. That's so true. Oh um, that, that was right after Wedding Crashers had come out too. Yeah. Uh, or shortly after. And we, we have a picture of us dressed up. We should tweet that from yeah. the belligerent. <laughs> to make it worse, we also had a tried to grow mustaches at this same time in our lives. And so we that- both had terrible mustaches that was the worst decision of that summer and that summer had a lot of bad decisions from the back of you. but <laughs> the worst i'm of the kind decisions. of i think their reaction was out of line i think they were the ones out of line at that point if you crash a wedding and make friends and then you leave with like said friends to a post wedding venue that's not part of the wedding day, the wedding system, the wedding reservation, whatever you want to call it. And you're just people drinking in bars at that point. You could have been two dudes in suits at the Peacock. Yeah, for them to be mad (laughs) at that point and for them to just all leave. Where did they go? Did they go to the bottom of the cock? Did they go to a different bar? Like We were at the bottom of the cock. No, we're at the top. We're at the top. We We were by the punching bag. Like, you know, with a... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just, like, they all just... Closed their tabs, got up, and were like, we can't be in this establishment with these nefarious gentlemen anymore. Yeah, but we like, also, Benny and I looked like the biggest idiots ever because everyone that's at the Peacock in the summertime is just getting shit-faced, and we were in suits 
trying to keep it cool because we were right, pretending like to know people. the bride and groom at a wedding. Right. Yeah. I'm saying you're with other wedding people, so I don't understand that why they would all get up and just leave. I don't know. It wasn't our wedding. We weren't invited. I know you weren't. <laughs> yeah. I feel like at the Peacock during summer, the the ratio of people wearing cutoff shirts, not tank tops, but cutoff shirts, <laughs> and some form of athletic shorts and flip flops is higher than any other place in the world. And not cut, <laughs> and not cutoff shirts that were manufactured as cutoff right. shirts. Like, yeah, oh, here's a scissors. shirt without sleeves on. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you yeah. can see the scissor cuts, like the uneven. Little ridges. <laughs> we won't talk. We'll, we'll save Benny's Benny's cutoffs freshman year for another another pod. But they were definitely imbalanced. Uh, there was always yeah. one armhole that was slightly longer than the other, or way longer. And it, like three quarters <laughs> of my shirts were turned into cutoffs. Wow! Wow! December sucked. So, uh, so I'm drinking a wheat ale tonight. <laughs> um, I have to give a shout out to uh, um, this is why I love this podcast because it gives us the chance to talk to uh, people in you know other college athletics communities and with people on Twitter and you know have uh, Twitter spaces that are fun, emphasis on fun, and not complaining over three days and then bragging about how long we complained on a single tour spaces. Uh, but before this football season, before <laughs> Purdue game, we had um, Travis Miller from uh, the Purdue's uh, SB site um, at just T mill on Twitter. He gave us a, a little shout out. He's a craft beer enthusiast himself uh, on Twitter recently. He got a beer from a uh, aptly named brewery in Bloomington, Illinois called Lil Beaver Brewery. And the beer he got was a uh, vanilla cream ale. I was at a liquor store today mm. in Minneapolis, Minnesota, not Bloomington, Illinois, and and not in uh, uh, Indianapolis where Travis lives. Um, and I saw this can with the same logo. It's not the same <laughs> beer, but it's from Lil Beaver Brewery, Brewery from Bloomington, Illinois. Right, and cool. they don't distribute super widely, but I got it at this uh, at this liquor store in uh, in Minneapolis. And this bar beer is called Whoops All Berries. It's a wheat ale with raspberry, blueberry, and blackberry, and it's like kind of on the sour side, but not overpowering. And it's really fucking good. I only hmm. bought one because it was kind of expensive, and it was like being it's a you know craft beer liquor store, so you can usually buy uh, tall boys of one beer. Um, and the four pack was like $17. So I just got one, not knowing if I'd like it or not, but I like it. It's great. It's very drinkable. Uh, not a ton of description on the can, but there is that very cute beaver. Um, I'll, I'll put a picture of this on social throwing berries around. He's just having a great time. Really happy beaver. Definitely not uh, a flying beaver shark or angry Benny looking beaver, uh, more <laughs> of the old school Benny variety. But you know, if you're, if you're in Illinois, we uh we can confirm we've had listeners in Illinois. So if you're uh, in the state and you are close to Bloomington, check out the Little Beaver Brewery. Uh, they have a restaurant and patio. So it sounds like uh you can get your get some good beers and sit outside distance in this COVID time, and uh, just have a blast. Uh, sounds like a nice evening in Bloomington, and it's a great beer. So shout out to Little Beaver Brewery. Shout out Travis. Hey, do you and shout out us when? Yeah, shout shout out us. And, and Travis. Travis. And Travis. And, Travis. Yeah. Um, and Beavers. And Beers. And, Beavers yeah. anywhere. And and Bloomington, Illinois. And belligerents. And and the troops. 
when you when when you drink uh sours do you typically like them not too sour like sort of a happy medium yeah i mean i like i like i do like sour beers a lot Mm -hmm. but it's generally something like like i there's a there's a brewery in minneapolis called wild mind that is like a sour beer brewery Mm -hmm. so like i like when i go there i'm like mentally prepared to just like drink sours so i'm kind of like like let me try your like weirdest shit or whatever is like crazy um but for just like you know casually drinking beers at home while like watching a game or whatever i like it probably you know uh on the sour side but a little bit smoother like i feel like when i have sours i want them like as sour as humanly possible jp did a great service and a great disservice to me by bringing me to great notion mm-hmm. for my first sour experience. Right. Cause like then I tried 10 barrel after great notion. They have a, I think a raspberry sour and it's, it's just like, ugh, it's just not. And it's, and it's not very sour. It's, it's sweet. Like, it's yeah. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. Like yeah, sugar, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. It's yeah. just not, not for me. Right. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of thing on, on the very sour spectrum but i don't like buy a ton of sours like have at home i usually just have the lighter stuff with the exception of trying to have something notable for this podcast (laughs) even even though it's our least listened to segment (laughs) (laughs) but i'm but i'm committed to the bit uh but anyway guys uh cheers 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 to the niners cheers to us cheers to episode 32 and cheers to the oregon state women's basketball team which beat colorado in overtime today baby such a good game no taylor jones no problem just kidding i love you taylor jones i want you back as soon as possible but still got the w and uh talia von olhoffen was killing yep yeah, Talia had a great game. Big three, of course, in overtime with like what five seconds left or six, eight seconds left, whatever it was. And then, uh, but also shout out, uh, and, and Talia did after the game. Shout out Ellie Mack for her uh, game tying shot to send it to overtime. Uh, this was definitely a hard fought game that you like. It, it, when it came down to this, I was worried because I'm thinking, you know what, they were fighting so hard against Arizona, and they just the dagger hit their hearts with that final shot. And I was like, uh, today is going to be one of those ones. They'll probably want to avoid having that heartbreak again by just not, you know, competing to the end. And they did, they just kept doing it. They, um, they had a great showing and yeah, Talia's three was just money and she had an awesome game all around as well. Um, the, yeah, the good news, of course, they won and upset a really good Colorado team. The bad news, Terry, going to be very disappointed per Carrie Eggers. Taylor Jones' shoulder injury is worse, worse than they uh, perceived, and her season might be lost. Shit. Yeah. That's Big tough. time loss for the Beads. That's, that's not good. That's no. not good at all. No. That's shitty because um, they need her. But that just means, you know, you know, next uh, next woman up. And I know Kennedy Brown played well today. And so we still have her presence down low. Uh, so hopefully the team can uh, bounce back, put a run together, and maybe uh, Taylor can be back in time if they if they do make the tournament and uh, if there is a run to be made. Um, but let's not focus on the negative. Obviously, you don't want to overlook that loss. But um, for them to bounce back and play the way they did against another ranked team. Uh, again, a one-loss team again. Yeah. 
they played they played well enough to get that win against Arizona, and that would have and especially doing it for the first time in twenty five. Like I can't imagine. And then they had to wait again. They couldn't play ASU. Yeah, being <laughs> idle for twenty five days, playing Arizona, taking them to the brink, almost winning, and then your next game is like, oh, that's postponed too. And then it's like now you get to play another game though, and it's against Colorado, who's also only lost once, and they're really fucking good. Mm-hmm. So it just speaks to the, the the character of the team and the job that uh. Uh, Ruick's doing with them. Yep. Um, and also, yeah, Ellie Mack, you know, dropping 16 off the bench. She's perfect from the field. Oh, she was? Shit, yeah. I didn't even see that. Holy yeah. fuck. Yeah, I know. Hell yeah. Well, six of six, but six of six on the field, including four of four from three. Seven rebounds, 16 points. Nice. Yeah. That's a game. That's a <laughs> hell of a game. That's a yeah. hell, that's a hell yeah. of a game. Yep. But uh, yeah, keep it, keep it rolling. I mean, right. What else are you going to do, right? <laughs> the loss of Jones is going to hurt, and that loss against Arizona stings, but you come back, you beat a number 22-ranked team, another one-loss team after trying to get your footing again after missing 25 days of competition. Like, that's a great showing. So I'm optimistic. Well, and we were talking about it, I think it was last episode, might have been the episode before, but um, that, it, like, I thought if we kept it within 20, of Arizona, then that was a good showing just because of what you guys were saying of having that much time off, especially in a team sport. Yep. That's tough. Um, so the fact that they brought it down to the wire and then were able to knock off Colorado in their second game back, um, I, I, I think keeping things in perspective, that was a really good outcome for the first two games back. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Definitely agree. Yeah. And um, They've got a, a another tough tough stretch uh, coming up this week. Um, they're heading. It's the uh, Washington road trip at Washington State on the Palouse on Friday, seven p.m. Pacific time, and uh, uh, then followed up on Sunday a noon day game at Washington. They should um, handle both those teams, though. Again, they should be able to. They should yeah. be able to. Um, but that now that's again, you know, the adjustment is. You play, you play some heavy hitters. You showed up for both games. Obviously, they looked incredible. But now, I would say we go to uh, the Palouse and to Seattle, and we represent that team. That either one of those teams can, you know, turn their season. It's like the it's you know a turning point for for the for those teams. So yeah, uh, you know the um, X is going to be it's going to the target's going to be on their head and it's going to be hard to do without Taylor. Obviously, she won't be back for those two games. Um if her season's potentially lost. Um but two two road wins against a, a couple tough uh, opponents um that would get the team into double digits and double digit wins and then the season, you know, be, be back back on track. Uh truly truly weird season that we're having so far, but Still a lot of good, a lot of good basketball being played by, by, uh, by the, by the ladies. Yep. We're going to keep it going with dominance at legendary guild Coliseum, the long awaited debut of USA gymnastics, Olympic gold medalist, Jade Carey. It happened. It happened four ish years in the making Jade uh, brought her shine and her style and her grace to the the mat at Legendary Guild Coliseum, 
and the Beavs came away with a big victory in their first home meet of the season against UW and San Jose State. Uh, our friend and uh, just absolute badass running the content train for gymnastics, Amy Sinicola, posted a bunch of dope highlights and, um, and videos to Twitter. Uh, it was so much fun following that. Jade clearly hasn't lost a step since the Olympics last summer and dominated in every, in every single routine, like, you know, floor, uh, you know, boards, beam, everything. It was so fantastic. And we, we are all admittedly not, you know, gymnastics experts and haven't watched a ton of it, but I, I watched everything Amy put out and that the Oregon State Gymnastics things put out and on Twitter. And it was so fun to watch and just a incredible showing for Jade and the rest of the team in their, in their first meet at Gill for this season. Yep. I watched and you watched was, live? Yeah, I watched live. Nice. It was awesome. I really never watched like a full gymnastics meet before. And I unfortunately couldn't watch the full thing for this either. Uh, I did miss Jade's floor routine, which is probably not the one to miss because I was checking on the men's basketball game. So fuck my life. But uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I still like it's crazy. She she is not has not missed a step since uh, the Olympics. Her level of perfection, it towers over every other competitor that was in Legendary Gill. It's just amazing. I mean, for San Jose State, they're ranked like sixth right now in the country. They're obviously a very good squad. <laughs> but Oregon State opened on the vault. And you watch some of these athletes go through. And the stuff that they're doing is insane. Like, it would take me a million tries. And I still would not pull it off. And even the one time I did would be very 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 unlikely that i landed at all <laughs> without breaking my <laughs> neck but uh the stuff that they're doing is crazy but th- but then jade on the vault was like <laughs> um, insane i couldn't believe it she stuck the landing it looked like a video game it was it was uh, uh, amazing to see i wish i could have done it in person um from the rest of the meet she just dominated um amy or whoever was running the uh beaver gym twitter account coined her the floor queen which i do think uh we should hold on to that one because that's a great a great nickname for jade and yeah they they won they ran away with it and obviously they're a good squad and it helps when you have a gold medalist uh competing on your behalf for sure i i'd like to make a proposal that uh the gymnastics team going forward is referred to as the Golden Beavers. <laughs> the Oregon State Golden Beavers. Golden Beavers. Right. Well, and and don't and don't shake your head in disappointment, Terry. You I, uh, <laughs> your second favorite team is the Minnesota Golden Gophers. And they don't That's have an Olympian. So it makes it Yeah, makes why are they golden? This podcast isn't about them, but so who cares? There's no there's no reason to be golden. I don't know. I think it's just be the gophers and get it over with. Sure. Yeah, why, and the California Bears. Why? Why are you yelling at me? Because you live in <laughs> Minneapolis. I do. I didn't yeah. decide <laughs> anything. You decided but, to live there. This is your. This is your defense realm I, I, now. I suppose I did. Um, but also, you know, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't just uh, Jade, who's awesome. We gotta, you know, shine. Uh, give a lot of shine to the whole team. You know, Jenna Domingo had a great beam routine. Uh, as well. Um, Lauren, I don't want to pronounce your name incorrectly, but I couldn't find a pronunciation for it. I think it's Lechich. 
Lechich, Lauren Lechich, uh, was also <laughs> awesome um, for for the team. I didn't have a um, the audio on for everything that I was looking for, but also Sydney Gonzalez and just also had a dope floor routine. And I just love the vibe around this team. You know, I think it's like, you can kind of just tell, like we'd like talked with like Amy uh, a bit. It's like, this was months ago, um, but had like a cool vibe and talked to this about like being, being around um, uh, the young women who make up this team and how determined they are and how much they want to fight for each other. Like, on uh, the low and high bars, there's a video of Jade's low and high bar routine. And obviously, like, Jade's the uh, Olympian and the gold medalist. So that's going to be what, you know, the ex external media leads with. She gets through her thing. She launches off the high bar, does her flips, sticks the fucking landing. And then all you can see all uh, the whole team is on the sideline watching. And they react like the sideline from, like, the yeah. U in the A. Like they were all just so hyped. Like I just, I loved what I went back and I watched it like 10 times. Like what, like a couple to watch Jade and like, just see those flips and this thing that this young woman is capable of doing that I will never do in my wildest dreams. But the last like five or six times, like I was just watching like people getting hyped on the sidelines. There was like 10 to 15 people just like doing flexes and jumps and yelling and shit. And, and like leaning in, right? I love like the lean in yell. And, yeah. and then like immediately after, like once Jade was finally done, you know, they have to stick it and then do the arms out and then finish it. And then she turns, looks, you can tell that like the team has like totally embraced her and she ran over there and hogged all her teammates. And they were like yelling and just hyped. That's my favorite part about college athletics is just seeing young people excited about being excited and it was and such a fun video. The beefs so, do it yeah. better. The beefs do it better than anybody. They make every team a family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it is so clear when you watch how much these these athletes root for one another. Right, and like gym is a different kind of sport, right? It's not football. It's not. It's not basketball. You're competing individually on behalf of your team, and the fact that they still were like all up in every single routine for every one of their, uh, you know, counterparts. They were just there rooting them on. I mean, and like you were saying, they were getting so amped uh, during, before, and after celebrating, after they'd, you know, have a, a great round. It was, it was really fun to watch. Absolutely. And you mentioned we weren't competing against any slouches either. UW just seems to be good at everything. San Jose State ranked six, I think you said. Yeah. I don't believe we were ranked no. going into this meet. Um, as of four hours ago from the Oregon State Gymnastics Twitter account, uh, Oregon State is now ranked 19th in the country. <laughs> oh, in nice. gymnastics. So watch the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> Beeves are coming. That's a rocket ship, dude. We're 19 now. That's going to be one before the year's over. Hell yeah. You heard it here first. That's right. Remove, remove, that, remove that nine. Remove yeah. that nine. All right. Should we talk about men's basketball? Do we have to? I think we should. Yeah. I do think we should. Um, I think I want to start with just giving a shout out to uh, Gianni Hunt, yep. who is yep. for sure one of my favorite Oregon State players I've, I've ever watched. Just I think we talked on the, the early episodes of this podcast just a lot about the Elite Eight run. And we've also talked a lot about on this podcast personally and professionally just about our, our own mental health struggles and just also empowering athletes to put mental health first and to, and to take care of themselves. And Gianni, I think, you know, you just think back to that magical run 
he wasn't the one always <clears throat> scoring a ton of points. Uh, he had he had some games where he filled it up a bit, but you know he was more of a you know this high energy guy, heart and soul, like tooth and nail defense, uh, easy guy to root for, and uh, obviously someone who we um, had high hopes for uh, this series. But hasn't been around the team a lot. Um, but is has formally announced he's taking a step away from the team for his own, you know, mental health. And we yeah. just have to, from from our behalf and the belligerent beeves and the whole Beaver fan, we just want to extend our support for Gianni for taking care of himself and his family. And uh, we hope that um, you uh, get get everything everything that that you need, and that we're just, we're just so thankful for everything you've already done for for Beaver Nation and just know that you know nothing nothing more is is required we just want you to get good do you and um for you for you to find happiness and in in whatever form that might be yeah the the babies have your back gianni and whatever uh whatever you're going through it it takes precedent over everything else and take care of yourself first you just know that like we all love you so whatever whatever all comes right. from this yeah whatever comes from this just know that we've got your back yeah, and I think it brings up a, a larger point too. Like uh, Gianni was, you know, a, a contributing, uh, if not you know, pivotal player in in a, an elite eight sort of unprecedented run, and one of the few players that came back from that run to be on the team this year. Um, so that couldn't have been easy for him to step away. I think that he probably felt a lot of pressure to be there as one of the guys coming back. Um, so just sort of a reminder to to everyone else and all of our listeners that, um, you know, if, if you're dealing with uh, mental health uh, issues and, and you don't feel like you're at 100 uh, percent, nothing's more important than your mental health. And, yeah. um, you know, we can we can take uh, some lessons out of the page of, of Gianni Hunt's book here. Yeah. For it's, sure. I mean, it's definitely brave of him to step away like that. Like you're saying, Benny, like he's was penciled in to be a big contributor to a returning elite eight team. And he's putting himself first as he should uh, put right. his mental health first. And, um, it, you know, no matter what you're facing, like take care of yourself first. For, for sure. sure. And he's such a display too of like growth through this program. I think back to last year when there was that story that came out where you know, he's he's always been a high energy guy and really really fun to watch, and Tinkle assigned him uh, an, an out of practice assignment to just study this jazz pianist and didn't offer much description, but it was just it's a to calm down and to take things you know like one step at a time and to sort of be present in in the moment, and you could see how that how like his play changed after that you know from mid-season last year to the second half of the season you, you saw a totally different basketball player and someone who's in command and just a, a young person growing so i i hope that this stays on the up and up for him i hope nothing but the best for you uh gianni you've again one of my favorite uh oregon state players to watch and um yeah just a reminder that uh if you do need help take the necessary steps don't don't hesitate talk to somebody step away from from things that may that are important but you know not as important as your your own personal health and if you don't have it if you don't if you need someone to talk to you feel like you don't have anyone to talk to dm us we yeah, will respond. Say, talk to us we are here to talk we've all you know been you know open and have you know taken similar steps in our in our own personal journey so if you feel like you don't have anyone to talk to talk to us you know, we, we don't have, we can't promise to have the answers, but we will talk back 
and make sure that you're seen and heard. So thank you, Gianni, for that. Um, and what's much less important is the uh, the tough road trip that the team uh, went through in, in LA. Uh, decent showing um, against USC, not quite as much against UCLA, but I don't know. It just seems like the season is now uh, slipping further and further away and uh, isn't really possible of saving at this point. Yeah, but hold on. I disagree about the UCLA game. I disagree. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, SC was definitely tighter co- competition where it felt like we had chances to grab it and run with it. Lucas had a great game, which is what we wanted to see from him more often. Right. Um, hopefully that was unlocking a bit for him just to be – home in front of family against a team that snubbed him and just go off like that. But uh, it didn't carry over against UCLA though. The UCLA game was much more of like a team effort that we were in it until like the last 90 seconds. And then UCLA just blew it open like 18 point lead. And it was what I'm coining as as a non-com, which I think is how people in the military refer to like certain officers. I don't really know the, the lingo, but um, we're we're saying that uh, it was it was non-competitive within 90 seconds left, and uh, that's how the season's gone so far for the men's hoops team. It does feel though that um, the team is playing so much better than what they were in uh, in non-conference play. Where um, I mean, some of those games. They were losing to teams they should not have even been uh, close to, yeah. And and they were getting blown out by much, uh, by teams that that uh, didn't make the Elite Eight last year. Let's just say that. Um, but now it's I mean they're playing at the number five team in the country, and um, they sh- I mean they should have won that game to be honest. They had it was, like it you was said th- three teams in the Elite Eight last year. <laughs> Us, USC, and UCLA were all in the Elite Eight. Oh, yeah, I forgot USC was. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, to, that the fact that we were close to them is so much different than non-conference. And, um, I mean, UCLA, it, it was it was a game, and some non-conference games weren't. Um, but it's just, like, you, we, we cannot seem to notch anymore in the win column, um, which is unfortunate because I think the team is starting to make that turn. But to Terry's point, is it too late? And it almost feels like that. Are we the best? Three <laughs> thir- are we the best three and thirteen team of all time? Ever? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Um, not to be a <laughs> hater, but there's probably a great episode of the Peyton Years coming out tomorrow or the next day. <laughs> that's going to be more in depth. Or check on out, on, check out so, on our Patreon. We're calling it the Hating Years, where we're just hating on the men's the basketball hating, team. The Hating Years. That's a great. <laughs> that's a great spinoff. <laughs> uh, I love that. Shout out, shout out, Peyton Years, and shout out to the men's basketball team. We still, uh, we still support you guys. Did you guys watch the UCLA game? I could not. Okay, so they so they pretty much like borrowed crowd sound from Disneyland's Matterhorn ride. Where the whole <laughs> the whole game was just like, <laughs> like this fake ass wind sound. <laughs> it was driving me nuts. I could not watch it. I had to mute it because I could. All I could hear was like if I was like winding through the Matterhorn, <laughs> looking for the uh, whatever the Yeti. <laughs> Did they? I mean, like they don't have uh covid restrictions down there not letting people go into games right like they had fans there no there was no fans 
Oh, there weren't. And there was no fans. So they're. It sounded like they're trying to pipe in like the murmur sound of the stadium. Uh, so it was basically a normal UCLA athletics. Event. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, but it was really weird. So screw UCLA. That made me so mad. I hated watching that game. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just for college sports in California? Yeah, but it might also just be like the schools themselves were like, yeah, we're not having fans. Right. Because uh, I yeah. saw some that Clippers-Pacers game today. Yeah, there's the like, professional arenas still do. Yeah. And the Rams did. I mean, the Rams fans didn't show up, but they had <laughs> fans in the stadium. Are the Ram- we're, so we're recording this during the Rams-Cardinals playoff They're game. They're crushing the Cardinals. They are? And that game. That game's at SoFi? Yeah, it's 21 nothing. <laughs> Excellent. I'm pretty sure how, Kyler Murray how, just threw a pick six from like his own end zone. <laughs> Jesus, that sucks, man. I really thought Arizona was gonna have a, a better go of it. Same. I would have won nine dollars on my one dollar bet on scoreboard for my four four game yeah. parlay if if uh, the Cardinals would have won. Whatever. I'm still up because I put out my money on the Niners yesterday. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are are there uh, a lot of Cardinals fans at the game in SoFi today? Or at SoFi? Are there really a lot of Cardinals fans? Ever? I mean, that that that's why I asked. Because the Rams fans did not show up against the Niners. I mean, that was a that was a Niners heavy crowd in LA. It's probably a bunch of Raiders fans showing up, leftover LA Raiders fans being like, "I guess I'll go to a football game." Still mad. <laughs> Still mad. Oh yeah. I don't know. I I feel like. The Cardinals probably, and this isn't what you tuned into this podcast to hear, but we're going to talk about it. I feel like the Cardinals probably have a good counterculture, counterculture kind of fan base, which isn't maybe necessarily the fan base that like goes to a lot of games. And I relate to that too, because I don't really like going to NFL games. Like I don't go to a ton of Vikings games, uh, but it's, it's, it's in a place that a lot of people travel to, especially during winter time. So basically, anytime the Cardinals are playing a cold weather based team after October 1st, like half their stadium is just the other like teams like <laughs> yeah, Jersey. And I get it because everyone's like, like every anytime, like we've had so many like November, December road games at like Arizona. And just like all of my friends' parents are like, well, we're going to go down and stay in Scottsdale for the Vikings at Cards <laughs> game. And I get it. Minnesota's horrible in the wintertime. Go, go to Scottsdale. Go to a football game. And I think like the like Cardinals fans who are like our age are just like, yeah, like, I don't need to go to the game like over and over. That stadium's like in the middle of nowhere in Glendale. It's not fun to get to. There's not a bunch of shit around it. Like you can still just be a Cardinals fan away from it. But it also <laughs> shows this image that every one of your home games is just like mostly away team fans. But I also it's just I think it's mostly people just like vacationing to the phoenix area <laughs> you're probably right yeah. the coolest thing about the cardinals is cliff kingsbury's house <laughs> that is by far the coolest thing his house is so so cool if you were rich benny you would have that exact same house and that exact same cut and, of pants that he had that the exact were same outfit showing some ankle cleavage during that nfl draft uh picture that that went viral <laughs> yeah Comparing him to Mike McCarthy, who was at some like cramped desk in the closet in his house, was so funny. Or uh, or Bill Belichick, who is just absent from his dining room table, but his dog was sitting in the chair. And he still said Bill Belichick on the lower third. 
2020 dude so last night um i just finished a long long week of work and draft day happened to be on tv last night and i was like i'll watch a little bit of this because i just wanted to have a glass of wine until i fell asleep and watch something like nothing and draft day happened to be on and i haven't watched draft day in years and i might throw out draft day as the best worst movie ever made because it's so bad. But <laughs> I haven't it's seen like, it. It's, you haven't seen Draft Day? Uh-uh. Ke- Kevin Costner is the GM of the Browns. No, I'm... F- oh, man. No, I... But I... So, okay. I was going to say I wanted to see it, but don't. It's bad. No, see it. Because it's, it's, it is... See it, but understand that it's bad. Okay. So bad that it's fun. Okay, that came out relatively recently, right? Uh, 20, like within the last five years, twenty fourteen. So not okay. the last five, but like shortly after. He okay. He trades. Uh, he he trades three years worth of uh, not spoiler alert, <laughs> um, but it, it starts with him making a terrible deal for the number one pick in the draft, and then him trying to make uh, reticent deals that make up for it, and it follows him throughout the first round of the NFL draft. And the was most, it Tim Couch? The most no, the most egregious part of it is there's a lot of actual NFL people in it to make it real. And the NFL draft scenes actually are pretty well done because they actually filmed it at Radio City. Okay. And they actually had Roger Goodell in it as well. Really? When the draft actually starts, Roger Goodell goes up to the podium to say that the 2014 NFL draft is officially open. And the fans cheer when every year, you know, Roger Goodell's vanilla pasty ass gets booed like crazy by all the fans. Unless he's in his basement. He's been roasted for that so many times because of <laughs> since that movie came out, because it's like it's like they try to do like a mixture of cheers and boos. But the cheers kind of overwhelm the boos when th- since his first year of commissioner, that guy's got booed like crazy. Um, so watch draft day, Ben. That's your homework. for next OK, week. I'm hey, speaking of football. We've got good news on football. We have good news on football. Hey. Great news on football. Our boy Astoria's own. I love Astoria. It previously just the home of the Goonies and then became the home of Jordan Poyer, one of the best defensive backs in the history of Oregon State football and probably one of the best defensive backs in the NFL. Certainly one of the best defensive backs in the NFL. First team all pro. That's awesome. And his Buffalo Bills are moving on the playoffs. They beat the Patriots asses this weekend. Loved it. Yeah. Amazing. So good. And it's awesome to see this. We had the episode where we had both Marcus Wheaton and Rashad Reynolds on. Both of them touched on playing with Jordan Poirier's teammates, uh, how much better he made both of them individually, and just like the type of competition that exists with playing with someone like like that. But also just he's a he smart one player, of, one of the most cerebral so players yeah. I ever played with, and just you know, I think a lot of you know college teammates will say similar things to this, but I think you can tell uh, you can see the authenticity in their remarks. Like you go back to that 2012 Beaver team, and when they're in the practice and in meetings with Jordan Poyer, they both said like like they knew they they, they knew what kind of player he was, what kind of person he was, and what kind of future he was going to have, and what one of the best safeties of this era of NFL football. And for sure, he's been in the league a long time now, and yeah is just revolutionized this Buffalo Bills secondary. He is never, ever going to have to buy a beer for the rest of his life. He, so he coming from Oregon state, uh, maybe biased, maybe not one of the most loyal fan bases out there where they, I feel like we, we appreciate uh, 
all players, but specifically the good ones that come through the program uh, and the Buffalo Bills. He's played for his entire career and the uh, Browns. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, no, no. I'm sorry. I he forgot. Got, he, yeah, he for he got, and he got drafted by yeah, the yeah. Eagles. So he, did he, he actually play for the Eagles, though? Yeah, a couple games. Yeah, I think oh, so. did he? not much, right. though. So he was on the Eagles and then the Browns and like kind of bounced around a little bit. Yeah. yeah I, and, and the Browns do have a loyal fan base, but like the Bills and he played a, his best. Did years, you guys see the, the Bills. Bills guy who jumped off the top of like uh, an RV to like shoulder slam uh, a table like fold out table? I don't I understand feel like how, that happens every week. I don't understand <laughs> how more of those people don't get hurt. <laughs> right, like your fans are so crazy. It's like off of like a sixteen foot RV into. I know it's a folding table and it collapses quickly, but the ground isn't as collapsible. No, like your <laughs> even after hitting the table, your shoulder still goes into the ground. He was like twelve <laughs> feet in the air after leaping off it. It's like he it's like he just like leaned it over and fell. He jumped off of it like up into the sky. So shout Jesus. out Bills Bills Mafia. I mean that was that was something yeah, else. I'll cheer for the Bills for the next for the next. Uh, oh, I thought you were gonna cheers to the Bills. I'll well, cheers cheer, to Jordan Poyer. Cheer, cheers, cheers to the Bills. Cheers to Jordan Poyer. Who are they? Playing? Every are JP is good in my book. Most JPs are good in my book. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Poyer, you're one of the good ones. <laughs> oh, Bill, Bills at Chiefs next week, January third at five thirty. That'll be a good game. Chiefs yep. look good. Chiefs are good. They have. Do they still have Mike Rummers? They still have Mike Rummers, right? Ooh, uh, is he hurt this year? I think he's still on the team, but maybe not playing as much. But shouts to Mike Remmers. He's hurt. He's hurt. Yeah. All right. So we're officially supporting the Bills in that game. We're officially supporting the 49ers. I have a question. When was the last time? Uh, I don't know the answer to this. I'm just going to have to speculate wildly. When was the last time a, a former Beav got all pro? Not pro bull, but like all pro. All mm. pro. Uh, Chad, probably. No, there has to be one more recent. S. Chad? But you think it was Steven Jackson? Steven Jackson more recent than Chad? No. Chad got it twice, I think, which is kind of crazy to think about. There's no one that has had it since, though. I mean, like, I feel so like DA, there was a- DA was a uh, one-time <laughs> pro bowler, but... No, uh, but he was never all pro. Nick he Barnett, like, your favorite Packer? I don't think, <laughs> I don't think Nick Barnett was ever... Also pro. a Bill? I think, I think I looked at this of Beaver football players. We, we have a... <laughs> I was about to say shocking... We have a disappointing number of actual um, all pros. Hey, that number one up that number this one week. Up. Yeah, and we're, we're talking we're we're talking first team all pros. Yeah. All right. Well, skill position is uh, Chad. Um, non skill possession position is Johnny Hecker. Ooh, yeah. Johnny Johnny's all pro. Johnny's gotten four. Yeah. First team all pros. Chad got two. Jordan's got one. Other than that, in the modern era, we have no. First team all pros. <laughs> That's fine. Mm. That's pro bowls. Pro bowls are more. Oh, yeah, all pros are hard to come by, dude. Like, how many yeah. all? No, I'm not going to put it there. But, anyways, I'm not trying to make this a, a com- this is a non com podcast. So, <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, so Johnny Hecker, Chad Johnson, and uh, Jordan Poyer. So, there you go. But Hell also, yeah. all pros are hard to come by. And I think uh, you could. Not to excuse, make this as an excuse, but I think you could. You'd probably be surprised if you did that same search for every Power Five conference school. Like, I, I, it's it's fewer all pros than you're thinking of for yeah. the most for the most part. Some some schools probably haven't made, but yeah. Um, so go Jordan Poyer and go Bills. Hell yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. Buffalo Wings, baby. Terry's favorite. 
My favorite. <laughs> Love them so much. I'm gonna come to Portland soon, Beaver Fam, and we're gonna go to a fire on the fire mountain. on the mountain. Um, yeah, we need we need to wrap up before we do that. We gotta do some quick men's soccer shout outs. Uh, the Major League Soccer Super Draft was this week, and we got a couple beeves uh, heading to uh, Major League Soccer. Uh, Tiki Natabal Yang was the 28th overall pick going to FC Dallas. Yeah, and uh, Sofian Jeffel was a 36 overall pick going to DC United. I read some shit that said uh Sofian could be the uh number number 1 and number 2, you know, central midfielder taken and uh fell a little bit. So I I got I got no doubt he's going to make the whole league pay. Yeah. And uh and Tiki just had some of my favorite highlights of of this team this year. So excited to see what he can do in in Dallas and obviously excited to see what uh Sofian can bring to the table in in DC as well. So New MLS season just right around the corner because that off season is like two weeks, Benny. Yep, and for we'll us, probably, we'll probably we'll probably have a Loons Timbers game coming up soon. I need to get um, out there, so we'll be uh we'll keep track of all of the uh, Oregon State MLS players uh, throughout the preseason and the Major League Soccer season as well. Uh, soccer school. Hashtag soccer school. soccer school. Any idea if uh, either one of them are going to be seeing much of the field this year? I, I have no nothing. idea where I Dallas or DC. I, I even though I find <laughs> myself on following the league, I I don't know a ton about uh, Dallas, you know, or DC. I would say you know just on, on how the league goes. Like Tiki probably has a little bit of better of a chance, just as like someone who would get minutes like late in games as like a last minute attacker. Um, well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see as, uh, uh, preseason games start and, uh, the training camps get going and we'll, we'll, we'll see who's getting looks in, in those games. Uh, we'll, why is we'll it called forward. a super draft? I don't know. I truly don't know that why it's, it's not just the draft. Yeah. I don't know. I've either. never, I've never known it. And I worked for major league soccer for an entire <laughs> year. <laughs> and I, I think I even looked it up at one point. It's like, I think it it was some branding thing. And it was, they were like an Adidas partnership at some point, but it's just called the super draft. And it's like, that is so dumb. It is really dumb. And it's like yeah. one word. Too. It's one word. It's like MLS su- draft. Yeah. It's called the major league soccer draft. The same yeah. or MLS draft. Like you do NFL draft and NBA draft and NHL draft and MLB yeah. draft. And that way it's synonymous. It's the super draft. No, because it's super, it's super cool. <laughs> and everyone wants to do it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. That's just one of those weird MLS little wrinkles in that weird fucking league. Uh, I love it, but it's crazy. Hey, before we wrap up, happy MLK Day. Happy MLK Day. Happy MLK Day. Happy birthday, Martin. Yeah, and hey, I'll tell you, I'm going to lead you into this one, but uh, I want to end this, at least start the beginning of the end of this episode 32 with a quote from Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., that is, quote, we must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. Why, Terry? Because you cannot spell chop them without hope. You can't. Not. Thank you for tuning in to this MLK Day edition of the Belligerent Beef Podcast. <laughs> I am Terry Horseman, joined as always as I am by my esteemed co-host JP Bertram at the Trial J on Twitter and Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Wehage at Benny L1986. Uh, happy MLK Day to everyone out there. Uh, keep hope alive. 
uh, be be a better person than you were yesterday and uh, all of that good stuff. And also remember that you cannot spell Chapum without infinite hope. Go Beavs, Chapum. 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 <laughs>